Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Soaring in from high above Eastern Michigan University, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast with your hosts, Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. The malls are bustling, people are hustling, and what more could you ask for on an Eastern Insider that will close out the 2019 calendar year, just nine days away from Christmas and 10 days away from a trip to the Quick Lane Bowl. I'm Greg Steiner. And I'm Alex Jewell. Could not be more thrilled with you to close out the 2019 calendar season. Oh boy, if your packages aren't piling up under the tree, oh wait, you bet there's still a chance for you to get your tickets to the Quick Lane Bowl. But that chance ends on Wednesday at 5 p.m. as EMU will no longer sell tickets after 5 o'clock to the general public. You have to go through the bowl and the prices go up that way. So go on to EMUEagles.com right now. Yes, the ticketing elves have been working hard day and night, Greg, to sell tickets to the Quick Lane Bowl. And you're exactly right. The deals are best now. You do not want to wait. And it helps Eastern out when you go and buy through our ticket office, everybody. We need your support and we need you to get down to the Quick Lane Bowl December 26th. There's nothing better to do the day after Christmas than to watch a little college football. What do you say, Greg? Well, I think the only thing that more exciting than college football the day after Christmas is returns and maybe leftovers, right? I think college football might have the returns beat out. That process is like an absolute zoo when you're trying to do that. So please, if you're listening, if any of our fans are going to send us gifts, don't send us clothing. Listen, I'm like a toothpick in the legs and a bouncy ball up top. I just, nothing fits right. Please don't send me clothes. Send me something. I can sign it for you, whatever. But don't send clothes this way. That's how it is. Alex picky around the holiday season. And it's a big week here at Eastern Michigan Athletics as the men's basketball team will end their 10-day hiatus after they've been uh, on the bench a little bit since their last game. They're back in action coming up on Tuesday night as Northeastern comes to town, a team that's 5-5 five and five on the year, but historically very good out of the CAA. That's the Huskies, and they will be in attendance this week before Rob Murphy and crew take the trip up to East Lansing on Saturday Eve when it will be the Eagles and Spartans locking up in a non-conference battle at the Breslin Center. The nationally ranked Spartans have gotten the better of the Eagles as of late, but Eagles have a shot going into East Lansing this year. They absolutely have a shot, 8-1, and one. and I'll tell you, Greg, there's no better way to find out where you're really at as a team 
than starting the holiday season off with uh, a huge game up at Michigan State. Everybody knows the Breslin Center is is a hostile environment for opposing teams, but this team here at Eastern is gritty. They work, they're working hard, and they seem to be playing a different level uh, of play on the court. So I've got confidence in the Eagles being able to go up to the Breslin Center and give Michigan State a good game. Meanwhile, it will be the women's basketball this week. They will stay a little closer to home. Wednesday, they are on the road at UIC as they'll take on the Flames at a 7 p.m. Central time tip-off. If you can't make it, ESPN3, you're home for it. And then they head to Callahan Hall on the U of D campus coming up on Saturday. That's a noon start against the Titans of Detroit Mercy. So head on there for a double dose of women's basketball this week against the Horizon League. Yeah, the Eastern Michigan women's team last week ended a four-game losing skid. They they got back in the win column. They're back to 3-6. and six. And these are two very winnable games for the Eagles this week, Greg. I know that Coach Castro has a lot of confidence going into these this pair. And we'll hear from him later on the show. And I know that he's looking forward to uh, a good trip to Chicago. His team's looking for their first road win of the year. And they've got history on their side, Greg, because UIC is where Eastern Michigan women's basketball claimed their 100th all-time victory back in 1983. Flames 1-9 and nine on the year. And the site of the great Chicago fire many a moon ago, the Eagles will be trying to light the nets ablaze on the road on Wednesday. Absolutely. I think it's a great opportunity for them to get back at it and uh, hopefully get a win under their belts. 52-38 the score last year. You kind of chuckled when I said light the, the, the nets ablaze. That was what they do. They have been very good defensively. You look at uh, their most recent matchup, they were able to hold uh, the opposition to just 40 points. That was Purdue-Fort Wayne. You have to go back a full calendar year to go Northwood in 2018, the last time the Eagles held a team to that few points. Greg looks for every opportunity he can to, to tear down the T-Wolves of Northwood, my hometown team, on this podcast when he can. I know he loves just jabbing it, but you're right. It was a great defensive performance against Purdue-Fort Wayne. And this team is really starting to play an unselfish brand of basketball. Greg, they're averaging 10.5 assists a game that's almost a half assist uh, more than they were all of last year and despite having some injuries they've got a really good mix of young players that can do it both in the post uh, in the backcourt as well and it's starting I think the page is starting to turn for this basketball team I know that's how coach and the players feel so hopefully this will be a good opportunity a pair of games both like you said on the road but Detroit on Saturday close to home for the Eagles to really start hitting their stride uh, before conference play we also do have a special holiday treat for you no she didn't quit or leave she was busy playing soccer and now that the season is complete it's the return of the world-renowned and famously known peanuts gallery yeah peanut finally back on the show although the listeners know that a couple weeks ago she was on with me we did a little peanut profile to get you reintroduced to nicole remedios if you don't know who that is of course a soccer player for us here that that just finished up her career and she's now getting into our end of the business which is uh fantastic news and we're happy to have her on her own segment peanuts gallery this week she sat down with yakes and montero who is a fellow uh foreigner she's from canada he's from puerto rico and they got to chat about his time here at Eastern and and a trip recently down to Jamaica where he got to really uh, feel at home despite that being his first trip to Jamaica. Uh, But it's a really good conversation. I'm excited for everybody to hear it. And then on the football side of things, uh, a jam-packed week. We talked about the football game 
coming up on the 26th, but it's also Christmas for those that love recruiting. And that is the phenomenon known as National Signing Day. It's a day that coaches finally get those uh, 18-year-olds to sign on the dotted line and commit to coming to play. So Eastern Michigan gearing up for that. We'll be ready and locked in on Wednesday throughout the day on emueagles.com. You can follow Signing Day that way as well as on Twitter. And then later in the afternoon on Wednesday, we'll have our usual signing day show. Tom Helmer will join me and we'll recap all the signings and additions that EMU football will make for the 2020 season. Uh, But no real football talk in this podcast today, with the exception of we bring a blast from the past back. No longer a part of the EMU family, but he certainly laid the groundwork and established why Eastern Michigan football is in the spot he has, and it is, and that's the return of Christian Spears, the former deputy director of athletics at Eastern Michigan, now holding the same position at the University of Pittsburgh. Christian was in town filling in for Heather Like last week at the introductory press conference. We sit down with him and discuss a wide variety of topics from uh, getting uh, scheduling done to uh, just being back in Southeast Michigan uh, and uh, Christian, a a good visit there that everyone should be able to enjoy too for helping reminisce about how the hiring process of Chris Creighton and everything else that went down. Yeah. And obviously it's been uh, by committee able to get this football program to where it's at now. Of course, we've got to give credit to coach Creighton. It's been him that has obviously uh, made the train roll. And of course, Scott Weatherby coming in and being a huge factor of that as well. But then a lot of people don't know and really don't know the story of how Chris Creighton got here and how those plans were initially put in place. So to have Christian on, we're really thankful for him that he agreed to to sit down with you, Greg, and, and to tell that part of the story. So if you're looking for more of a little bit of a deep dive into the success that the football programs had the last four or five years, this is a great opportunity to get that and christian was happy enough to join us and despite uh, whether he's at pit or not he's certainly an energetic guy uh, a good listen nonetheless so you should definitely uh, stick around for that because it's going to be a great interview with greg it will be so I'll let this holiday party festivities get going i'll let you turn it over take the next few i gotta run out and buy some quick presents i'll be back later in the show to talk with christian take it away alex all right that sounds good greg of course greg going right down to the ticket office to get his quick lane bowl tickets coming up after the break you're gonna hear me sitting down with fred castro and then you'll also hear peanuts gallery and of course greg's conversation with christian it's all right here after the break Welcome back to the Eastern Insider, everybody. It's Alex Jewell, and I'm lucky to be joined now on the phone by Coach Fred Castro, the women's basketball coach who used to me sitting down with him uh, in person. But today he's out on the road, but he's been uh, nice enough to call in and talk some hoops with us. Coach, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you. No problem, Coach. I wanted to talk a little bit about your last time out. You guys uh, on a little bit of a tough skid, but are able to come back home uh, to the comforts of the Convocation Center and get a win. Uh, you beat Purdue Fort Wayne 64-40 to uh, last week on December 10th. How important was it for you to see your team not only come out and break the losing streak, but do it in such a dominant fashion? Yeah, obviously it's it's always nice to come home and play in front of your uh, home crowd and uh, not just that, but also to play well. I thought we did some really good things defensively, uh, which we had been growing into that 
and uh, but we you would continue to make big strides, and then we knocked down some shots, uh, got to play a bunch of people, so that was always nice to see. Yeah, talk a little bit about that defense because it's it's one of those games where. Purdue Fort Wayne comes out in the opening part of the game, and it seems like they're hitting some shots that, you know, you'll take a bet on in terms of some tough threes that that are getting drained, and that's kind of always tough to adjust to. But it seems like in the second half, and really the second half of that first half, and then through the rest of the game, your defense really stood stood up and went on a a streak of over ten minutes where Purdue Fort Wayne couldn't find a bucket. How impressed were you on the defensive end of the court with your team and, and the effort that you saw? Yeah, I was. it was give Purdue Fort Wayne. Uh, they made some shots. The difference is, uh, you know, it, it's how the quality of the contest was when we were there. And in the first five minutes of that game, we were there, but we weren't really contesting as hard as we could. Uh, we talked about it at the media timeout and give the players all the credit. Uh, they made that adjustment, and it forced Purdue Fort Wayne to do things that they weren't necessarily comfortable doing. And in the second and third quarter, uh, our defense was nothing short of phenomenal. We were helping each other. We were guarding the drive, and yet we were still contesting and then finishing possessions with a clean rebound. So I was, I was really proud of uh, our players' effort. We had given up two points in the first half in terms of paint points. And that was a big key for us uh, going into the game. Talk a little bit about uh, your sophomore, Kiara Johnson. I know that you've talked to us on the podcast before about having really a three-headed monster down there in the post between Autumn Hudson, Ray John Harris, and, of course, KJ. And it seems like in different games, each one of those players has stepped up, and it seemed like this game, it was KJ's turn. She comes off the bench and shoots six of seven, uh, scores a season-high 13 points, and then on the defensive end, gets four boards and adds two blocked shots. What did you see out of her game that you were impressed with and is that something you're going to expect uh, going forward to see production like that out of her yeah we're you know we we think she's very capable uh you know i thought i just thought she looked uh more comfortable on the block kj's been that you know dealing with some injuries and i think this was a sign of her uh you know starting to get a little bit more healthy and and with you know being more healthy you kind of get more confident and it was nice to see her go six for seven and really have some nice post uh, moves uh, on the block. Also, you know, Rajon goes three for three uh, with some nice post play, and Autumn was really good defensively. So, you know, we talked about that three-headed monster, and, you know, that they, they continue to develop. We were going to need them to continue to develop as we approach MAC play because uh, the inside game is something that we want to continue to develop uh, as we move forward. Yeah, is that something that uh, that you that you find is going to be an advantage in Mac play? Because it seems like, like I talked about a little bit earlier, every game it's somebody else that steps up. So down in the post, you've got those three that have really all taken their turns, dominating games in different aspects. And then of of course, with your guard play too, someone like Aaliyah Stanley, then being able to hand the torch off to Courtney Lewis, or of course Ariana Combs now in, and, and Jenna who by all means, is a fantastic point guard. And really the last couple of games hasn't had to do as much in the scoring column because she's had so many good teammates to facilitate to. Does that make you guys a dangerous team come Mac play, having so many uh, weapons that are able to be on the court at one time? 
no question. I, I think potentially it does. You know, I, I do think there's a lot to be said for consistency, and I think it's part of our uh, youthfulness in terms of our team, you know, where, you know, somebody will have a big game one night and then, you know, somebody else will step up. The, the thing is that uh, those players are all very capable and they're capable of being those kind of players uh, on a more regular basis. And that's kind of the, the process that we're in right now. And uh, I think once you see a Jenna uh, be consistent in terms of off her offensive aggressiveness and you know what Aaliyah Stanley is capable of, Ariana Combs is, is a dynamic scorer. Courtney Lewis and, and Natalia Pineda are dynamic scorers in terms of their ability to shoot from the perimeter and get to the rim and make plays for others. And then you add the, the post play that we had against PFW, I think – that's kind of what we view it as uh, big picture. And I think the more games we get together, the more experience, the better the chemistry builds offensively. Uh, I think we're going to be uh, a tough, to, tough, tough team to stop uh, down the road. Aaliyah Stanley is somebody that, that you've talked very highly of uh, since the time she arrived to campus, even before then. And just for the listeners that haven't gotten to see her play yet, I want to bring up that against PFW, she not only scores 13 points, that's her sixth double-digit scoring effort already this season, but then she has a team-high eight rebounds. So to have a guard that, you know, people don't really know this about her, but to have a guard that can do it so well in the point-scoring column, but she's only 5'5", five, five, to be able to rebound like that and add that dimension to the game, does that say more about her talent level or her effort level, or is it both? Uh, well, I think the scoring is just a talent thing. And, and you know, I don't want to discredit all the work she's put in, uh, you know, throughout high school and to develop her offensive skill set. What I will tell you is that the, the defensive side of the ball and the rebounding has been something that she has been working on incredibly hard um, since we started practice uh, because she is, you know, the, there is a huge difference between high school and Division One basketball in terms of intensity on the defensive side. And she's also 5'5". Five, five. And so for her ability her to get those rebounds is no small thing. And I do think you have to credit her teammates because her teammates are doing their job and keeping other people off the glass, which allows Aaliyah to go in there and grab some of those rebounds. Uh, so I think it's more a testament to her willingness to continue to improve and not just settle on being a scorer. Uh, Aaliyah is a player that can be a lockdown defender and give you 20 on the other end. And it's just, you know, a work in process and her learning how to do that and, um, you know, adjust to the Division One game. And she's working incredibly hard. I know she's watched a lot of film and we've been pushing her uh, consistently in practice every day and it's showing in game days. Well, Coach, you guys are going to be hitting the road this Wednesday to take on the University of Illinois in Chicago. And for those that don't know listening, the venue they're going to be playing at is a, is a pretty uh, famous historic venue for Eastern Michigan women's basketball. In fact, in 1983, uh, they were in the Windy City to take on UIC when they earned their 100th uh, victory in program history. So the team will be back there on Wednesday night, Coach. 
when you think about USC, obviously a, a team that uh, has struggled to start the season, one and nine. Um, but I know that that you don't overlook that. What's something that's uh, a strong suit of theirs that you guys really have to prepare for on Wednesday? Yeah, they're they're incredibly athletic. They also zone and uh, they can create some problems uh, for opponents with their athleticism Uh, not to mention they're playing at home and you know those are road games are just tough Uh, to get wins on the road is not an easy thing but uh, the way that we've been practicing and the way that we've uh, consistently uh, improved on a game-to-game basis uh, I think it's a great opportunity for our young ball club well, we've got Coach Castro, the head coach of the women's basketball team, here on the phone on the Eastern Insider, and his team will be traveling to Chicago on Wednesday to try to pick up a win over the University of Illinois at Chicago. Looking for the first road win of the year, Coach. We wish you all the best of luck this week at Illinois Chicago. Bring us home a win. Will do. Thank you. All right, more after this on the Eastern Insider. Looking for a ride? Trinity Transportation has the vehicle for you. From luxurious motor coaches to cozy sedans, Trinity Transportation is prepared to take you to your destination. Check out their fleet of vehicles at trinitytransportation.com or call 877-284-4200 to book today. That's trinitytransportation.com or 877-284-4200. Trinity Transportation, the official transportation provider of Eastern Michigan Athletics. Quick lane bowl quickly approaching and Eastern Michigan and ties with Pitt are heavily involved in this game. A guy that wore green and white for many years. Now he's wearing the opposition colors, <laughs> former direct deputy athletic director at Eastern Michigan, Christian Spears now at the university of Pittsburgh. What a way and a whirlwind it is to find you back in, in Southeast Michigan. We're all connected, Greg. How much fun is this man? Like uh, us finding ourselves back into a bowl game with uh, so many of the people that we know and care about. And uh, we feel a part of this program and always will. And, uh, the universe is having some fun with us. I think when you're waiting around on Sunday afternoon, you hear things are possibly happening. Everybody has an idea of where you might go, but you don't know until the final playoff rankings come in and then you get the call. You're coming to Detroit and you hear Eastern Michigan. What's going through your head and the rest of the administration's mind at Pitt? Yeah. You know, we underachieved a little bit this year, right? Um, we're trying to get to an ACC championship each and every year at Pitt. And we were able to do that last year. Um, so, you know, we're, we're managing the disappointment of not achieving our full potential. Uh, and then you find out that you get a chance to play, the, you know, the team that you, you, you know, you deeply care about. Um, so it was a little bit of a, an interesting set of circumstances that we found ourselves in. Right. Um, you know, Heather and I might be the only two people that watched every single Eastern Michigan game and every single pit game over the last three years. Um, we have tracked this program. Uh, we pay attention to what's happening at Eastern. We are sincerely connected to the people in the place. Uh, so it's important to us. Uh, so it's been a little bit hard, right? Um, having that kind of realization that we're going to come back full circle. Um, but once you get past that and you just start thinking about there are great people on both mm-hmm. sides of this program. And this is going to be a heck of a game to kind of watch. Right. Um, like if I would go to this game, oh, yeah. right. I, I think people should get excited about these two opponents, you know, East there's three games. Eastern could have won on their schedule. Let's be honest. They could be six and two and in and Mac championship. I, I know for a fact, there's two games on our schedule that we should have won. And then we're sitting at nine and three and the, much mm-hmm. different conversations. Right, yeah. right. But here we are. 
Uh, so let's get after it and have some fun with it and enjoy each other's company. When you look back at it six years ago, uh, Coach English relieved of his responsibilities. Heather has to, a hefty decision to make. Eastern Michigan, 29 years of losing football and mm-hmm. people were, were seriously doubting the commitment of the university. And her, along with you and, and so many other people that bled green and white, made the decision, no, we're going to move forward and, and hire a guy who coaches non-scholarship football. Right. And a lot of people could have laughed. Yeah. And you know what? At this rate, he's on trajectory to be a Hall of Fame famer at Eastern Michigan because of what he's been able to do. Right. Yeah. You know, you saw the blueprint there, um, you know, with Coach Creighton and what could happen at Eastern Michigan. And so much of it is about, you know, the decisions that you make to mm-hmm. put yourself in a position to be successful. So we we call it slaying dragons. When you do things that have never been done before, uh, you, you just slayed oh, a yeah. dragon. and. I remember being in Wyoming and standing on that field at that elevation. And then you and I having a conversation about us winning mm-hmm. that game and you telling me, you know what, Christian, I think that might be our first division one road win ever. I was like, come on, Greg. It and, was. and it was, it was. And then that got Heather and I talking about, well, what are all the other things that have never happened here that we can try to make happen here? And here we are uh, with Eastern back-to-back bowl games for the first time in the, in the program's history. So it is continuing to happen. Dragons are continuing to be slayed. So we feel great about the foundation that's been laid. And then obviously coach Creighton is like the be all end all on how that happened. Um, but we still know all those kids in that locker room and we still know every coach in that locker room. And we still know all the people who care about the Eastern program. Uh, so I'm proud of what's happening at Eastern and, and I look forward to watching it continue to grow. As your time when you were the interim director of athletics after Heather departed, you got the opportunity to to present Jim Smith and the Board of Regents the plan for the the championship building plan, which right. was approved uh, now known as the Student Athlete Performance Center. And, and so many people question, could it ever really become reality? It's not quite what initially drawn up, right. but you know what? It's pretty darn good. I know you haven't got to be in it, but. What kind of, of things do you have to say for Scott Weatherby to have continued on the legacy that you guys really established? Yeah, no, a ton of respect for Scott for actually seeing the process through. Yeah, it got altered, but maybe in a really positive direction and great decision making by Scott and the board of trustees and and the people connected to that project, our champions advisory board. Um, really pleased to see what they were able to accomplish at Eastern. And, you know, yeah, we played a small role in that and, and helped set that vision uh, and, and get that started. Uh, but some other people executed it. And you got to just have a ton of respect for what Scott and his team has been able to do. And you yourself, my friend, uh, I know you played a role in a lot of that. Um, so it is a uh, it's exactly what they needed. And and I'm convinced that it's going to it's going to launch them to a Mac championship game. When you look back at this uh, in the whole process, I mean, you've been at, at Mac schools. Now you're at the ACC. And when you look back, what do you you're like at Eastern? It, granted, they may not have the most resources. But darn it. They got people that will outwork you. And I think mm-hmm. that was kind of your, your and Heather philosophy. Yeah. No, the work ethic is um, is something that we've carried over to Pitt. Believe me, we are going 100 miles an hour trying to make that place special. Uh, we've been there for 30 months and have done a lot of things in, in that 30 months. Uh, and what you learn at Eastern on how to convince and how to cajole and how to 
create a vision that people will get behind um, has been incredibly valuable as we look at what we mm -hmm. need to do at Pitt. Uh, so the foundation that we kind of started at Eastern, you know, Pitt needed a lot of the same things. Yes, it's in the ACC. Yes, we have different resources. Um, there isn't as much convincing to be great as there is, as there was right. at Eastern. Um, there, we have people who are want this to happen. So now it's just, how do we get everyone on the same page? And, and we finally have that alignment after 30 months at Pitt. And you're going to see some great initiatives happening there. Um, but it's all attributed to what happened at Eastern and how we went about building or trying to build a super successful program there. So we carried over those things and that work ethic. And uh, we couldn't be more proud of our time uh, at Eastern. Final moments here with Christian Spears. And you look at it. Setting the foundations for success is a lot about scheduling. Right. And you changed the scheduling philosophy when you're in Eastern Michigan to common opponents that will give you a home and home or destinations yeah. or opponents that are winnable that you can pick off the power five. Right. And boy, oh boy, your scheduling philosophy has worked for Eastern Michigan. Right. Three consecutive yeah. wins over Big Ten teams. An impressive feat. Yeah. No, I, we had a lot of conversations oh, about this. We, if you, we if you sat remember, on, on the yeah. phone a long time <laughs> yeah, and said, right. why don't we play that school? Right. Yeah. No. And I enjoyed those interactions that you and I had trying to figure out what was the best situation for us. Right. So, yes, home and home. When we're going to do a home and home, we want to go to a destination location. We absolutely want that to be a winnable ball game. There's no doubt that worked out at Coastal Carolina. And there's no doubt that worked out with Charlotte. Um, you know, we might've missed with San Diego state, but, um, yeah, the overtime kick, it could have gone, it, it could have gone the other yeah. way. Right. Um, but we definitely maximized, um, what we did on games that we got bought. Yep. Right. And, you know, we were very strategic about Purdue, about Rutgers, um, and certainly about Illinois and, and strategic about the financials as well. Um, so just thrilled that, uh, coach Creighton, uh, had belief in the process mm -hmm. and the plan that Heather and I put, put together and then to see it come to life and, and, and those wins to happen, um, was super rewarding. And coach Creighton and I used to talk about it all the time. Like you need to go three and one in the non-conference. Right. And if you go five and three in the league, you're guaranteed a bowl game. Right. Um, and so that was what I was trying to preach. And, you know, at Northern, I had seen a lot of eight and O's, a lot of seven and ones. Um, so I knew what it looked like to win in the league. Um, and it was, it wasn't hard to convince coach. And then the guys went out and executed. So um, from a distance, it's been really rewarding to watch. Christian, congratulations on a great season. We look forward to catching up with you much more in Detroit and, and can't thank you enough uh, for your leadership, letting our office thrive and, and do what it was and, and professionally and personally. I can't thank you enough. Yeah, Greg, you're a pro. We miss you, man. Um, kudos, continued success and uh, all the best to all of our Eagles. Hey guys, I'm Nicole Remedios, and this is another segment of Peanuts Gallery. Today I am with... Diego Montero. And what team are you on? Eastern Michigan Basketball. Yeah, awesome. And um, your position? I'm a guard. A guard? Yes. And also with athletics comes school. What's your major right now? Uh, sports management. Yeah, do you like that? Are you into that? I love it. Do you, what do you want to do with that? You think I'm trying to be a coach when I finish with basketball, uh, basketball, future. I'm assuming. Yes. Coach, that's awesome. Um, also a fun fact, you're not from here. Let us know where are you from? I'm from Dominican Republic. So 
I can't speak two languages. Give us a little go eagles or a little something. In Spanish? Yeah. Vamos, uh, Aguilas. Oh, there we go. <laughs> um, so, like you said, you're from uh, the Dominican Republic. How did you find your way to Eastern? I mean, I went to a junior college in Florida. Okay. Uh, Pensacola State College. I went there for two years, and then after that, I was recruiting by Eastern Michigan. Yeah. Good old uh, Ypsilanti, a little yeah, different. Yeah. The winter as we're in right snow. now. No. <laughs> you like snow or I not a fan? Snow. You do? Yeah, I do. Oh, that's Have you ever gone skiing or anything not like really, that? No? no. You should go. It's a, it's a good to. time in the snow. <laughs> a big thing your team just did was you went to Jamaica. Right. How was that experience for you? It was a great experience for us and for myself. Yeah. It was my first time being in Jamaica. Awesome. Uh, Jamaica is re- really, really close from home, mm-hmm. so I was feeling like home. Awesome. How was it kind of interacting with the kids there and getting to play basketball with them and kind of being someone they could look up to? It was amazing, you know, because I grew up the same way, you know, Mm -hmm. like playing outside and looking out for people just like me right now. Yeah. It was an amazing experience. That's awesome. And congrats. You guys did really well, too. Um, So this year, you guys are kind of a new team doing pretty well. Are you excited for this year? What's some, uh, what are you looking forward to? Uh, We're really looking for win the MAC championship. Yeah. And we're really excited. And as you saw, we'll be working really, really hard to try to get it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Little fun thing. You have an open weekend in good old Ypsilanti. What are you going to do around here? (laughs) Let us know. Favorite place to eat or... I might go to the movies. The movies? Yes. Rave cinema? Yes. Right down there? They have those comfy chairs. You <laughs> yeah, just can do. lean back I and just... fall asleep <laughs> every time I go there. That's awesome. Um, another thing, how's Eastern been for you so far? It's a, kind of a new environment. Do you like it here? It's been like home here so far. Oh, you know, it's a great people around here. Yeah. So I feel like... I'm home. Yeah. I know when I, a big thing for me coming to Eastern was the environment. It felt like very family oriented and it's good to know it's in other sports as well. Right. That's awesome. Well, thank you for joining me. Good luck. You guys have a game tomorrow. Everyone come out to the combo 7 PM. Back at the combo. Yeah. Well, thanks again for joining me. Thank you. Welcome. I'm Nicole Remedios and this was peanuts gallery. Well, that'll do it for another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. Thank you, as always, to all of our guests and, most importantly, you, the listeners. We couldn't do it without you, and we're so excited to be able to bring you all things Eastern straight from the source every week. As always, you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or wherever you download your podcast, including this year from our own website, emueagles.com slash podcasts. Make sure you stay with us every Monday. We'll be back next week, bigger and better than ever. Until then, go green, go white, and go Eastern, and have a great week.